Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about captivating your audience. Years ago, I had the opportunity to train the high-profile keynote speakers at the Ken Blanchard Companies. Ken's enduring brand grew out of his many best-selling management books beginning back in 1982 with Leadership and the One-Minute Manager. A magically inspirational speaker himself, Ken only hires top-notch presenters to represent him and his company. All of them are stars in their own right. Working with these pros was great fun. The day was full of the crackling energy that comes when experts have the luxury to focus on what they love. We talked at a pretty geeky level about subtleties like the length of a pause and the tilt of a head. We taped each presenter in seven-minute blocks and then played the blocks back. On a whole other level of geekiness, they competed to see who could hit the exact seven-minute mark on instinct alone. When it was their turn, each of them would get up and cross the room. This would put distance between us and them. They were, after all, working on their platform skills. Often, I would see them turn on their keynote-speaking persona. Their energy would rise, and a gleam would spread over their face. The performance had begun, and they were great. During the afternoon, Ken came to sit in. Now, I'd never met him, and I was delighted to have him join us. The speakers, of course, had known him for years, and the warmth they felt towards him was obvious. He was easy to like. He had no air of celebrity or power about him. We continued taping and playing back the seven-minute segments. At one point, someone turned to Ken and urged him to take a crack at hitting seven minutes. With a smile, he said, "'Okay.'" As he walked from where he'd been sitting in the back of the room, he was looking at all of us. I was a bit surprised to see him connected to us when, I wondered, would he mentally flip through his trove of stories and select which one to tell these people who surely knew his material well. Instead of crossing the room, he stopped just a couple feet from us, and then, hunching the tiniest bit as if he was going to whisper a secret, he put out his arms and gestured us all to scoot closer. We dutifully hopped our chairs towards him. I smiled, feeling like a kid on the rug at story time. I didn't know what was coming, but I was all in. He said, I don't know if any of you ever met Reverend Jim Alpert. He said it so conversationally, I didn't think he had begun. But after two more sentences, I realized that, yes, he had begun. I quickly started the stopwatch. Ken told us a story that day about kindness. He spun it out with such mastery that when he was done, several of us wiped our eyes, even some of those who had heard it before. He told the story with great economy. There wasn't an extra word in it. I had no doubt that he had told the story hundreds of times, refining it down to its essence. But in his delivery, there had been no hint of repetition. He had been fully engaged with every minute of his story. And guess what? He told it in exactly seven minutes. When I admitted my small lapse with the stopwatch, there was good-natured protesting that, well, Ken hadn't really hit seven minutes, but, of course, he had come closer than anyone else. 
Having the chance to watch this master perform was a gift. I delighted not only in his ability to captivate us while he was speaking, but in his ability to entrance us even before he spoke a word. How did he do it? Well, there are two behaviors in particular, and you can adopt them both. Here's the first one. I call it start before you ever stand up. When Ken got in front of us, he didn't speak, at least not at first. He looked at us, and he beckoned us closer, but he didn't speak, and we were hooked. This moment of silence is so important. When most speakers get up to speak, they're so amped up, their words tumble out in an adrenalized rush. Ken's silence, on the other hand, was embracing. In his silence, Ken looked at us. I sensed that he really saw us. We weren't just a blur of faces. And he seemed completely comfortable allowing us to look at him, too. Now, he seemed to have something he wanted to share with us, yes, but he didn't seem focused on what he was about to say. He wasn't thinking about himself and what we might think of him, and he wasn't trying to get his thoughts in order. Rather, he was thinking about us and how best to tell his story to this particular group of people on this particular day. He had already started presenting, and he hadn't spoken a word. The next time you attend a meeting, listen to how people begin their presentations. Often the presenter begins with a loud intake of breath and then goes, Okay. The signal is clear. Now I have my thoughts together. Now I can begin my performance. I want to be clear. This is not bad. There's absolutely nothing wrong with turning up your energy and letting us know the presentation's about to happen. I'd rather see someone do that than try to listen to the person who seems to have no awareness of the energy required to engage a room. But with Ken, there was no moment when the presentation began. The fact that I didn't know he had begun is a testament to how completely he was already engaged with us before he even stood up. Add to that a sense that he was eager to tell us what was on his mind. Scoot closer, right? And add to that that he looked at us and he really saw us, one of the hardest things a presenter can do. It all adds up to a presenter who is completely present. That is captivating. So that's number one. Start your presentation before you ever stand up. Now here's number two. Begin inside a story. What would it be like if the first words out of your mouth were not an explanation or a commentary or an agenda? What if the first words out of your mouth were about a person and something that person did, said, or felt? When I suggest starting with a story, people readily agree that if they were the listener, they would like listening to a presenter who started like that. But most people can't imagine doing it themselves. Now, often they simply don't know how to turn their data into stories, and there's no question that turning business data into stories can be a challenge. But it's a learned skill like any other. Now, I believe it is so crucial to achieving the look and sound of leadership. It was the topic for one of the very first executive coaching tips I ever wrote back in 2005. It's called 
Story, The Ultimate Persuader. It was posted as a podcast in December 2009. That tip has a three-step model to show you how to turn business information into compelling stories. Like I say, I think it's an important skill. Check it out. But the behavior I'm talking about now to help you captivate your audience is called begin inside a story. It assumes that you know how to turn data into a story. And here's the thing. Even when people know how to turn their data into a story, they want to begin with a preface, an introduction, an explanation. Now again, this isn't all bad. I would rather listen to someone explain the context for a story and then tell the story than listen to someone who can only talk data and bullet points. But beginning inside a story with something already happening with no preamble is compelling. Television shows have been using this technique for decades. They call it a cold opening. They know it works. Drop us down inside your story in the middle of a scene, and it will be hard for us to turn away. It might sound like this. Robert is one of our global regulatory leaders, and he has a serious problem. Or, I talked with a customer in Georgia last week who chewed my ear off for 45 minutes. Or, I was sitting across from a chief technology officer, and the first thing out of his mouth was that we would never be able to deliver what we had promised. Compelling, right? Now remember, I'm suggesting that words like those be the first ones out of your mouth. If you started like that inside your story, wouldn't you captivate your audience? I think you would. But you have to be willing to give up the security of explanations and prefaces and agendas. By the way, on a slightly related note, if you happen to be one of the many business people who have to tell the same story over and over like Ken did, there's an executive coaching tip you should look at. It's called Keeping Repeated Material Fresh. It's from August 2007. Okay, but the two behaviors that I am advocating here are, number one, start before you ever stand up, and two, begin inside your story. That second behavior, beginning inside your story, requires the most preparation. It usually takes time to find the story that's going to illustrate your point. But once you find the story, and then when you start your presentation before you ever stand up, you will exude the look and sound of leadership. Many of our podcasts, like this one, are aimed at helping you improve your presentation skills. If you're ready for a little polishing, four other podcasts you might listen to are Creating Charisma from June 2008, Making Stories Soar from March 2011, What Compelling Speakers Share from November 2008, and last but not least, Compelling Openings, which was the very, very first executive coaching tip that I ever wrote. It's dated August 2005. Just to address any confusion, back in 2005, the coaching tips only existed on the Essential Communications website and as HTML emails to our coaching clients. I didn't begin podcasting until 2008, so for older episodes, some podcast services might have different dates than the ones I mentioned above. For the sake of clarity, all the dates I reference correlate to the dates on the Essential Communications website. But no matter when they were published, 
All hundred and some coaching tips are available to you for free in the archive on the Essential Communications website, www.essentialcom.com. That's essentialcom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, just click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. When you're in the archive, you can search the tips by categories that interest you, and one of those categories is presentation skills. There are more than 25 tips in that category to help you captivate your audience. Many podcast listeners tell me they also like receiving the tips in print. On every page of the website is a button marked Subscribe. If you want to get the tips in print, just click that button. I'll be in touch with you, and I will happily add you to the distribution list. Every tip is also available as a PDF that you can save for yourself or you can forward it to others. Of course, each episode of the podcast is available through our website or iTunes or Stitcher and many other services. Just search for the look and sound of leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.